Engaging Reluctant Counselees on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Joining me this week on the podcast is Rush Witt, one of the pastors at Paramount Church, a, a church plant in Bexley, Ohio. He's also the acquisitions editor over the counseling department at PNR. He's been certified at ACBC for quite some time, and he's actually right now in the process of becoming a fellow with our organization as well. So, Rush, we're so grateful that you're here, and you're here to talk about this topic today. Thanks, Dale. I'm glad to be with you. So, Rush, you being a pastor up in Ohio, and your church does counseling ministry, um, not just to people in the church, but you also offer uh, counseling in the surrounding communities. And what a great way to to think about missions and reaching your community and, and caring for your community. But in the process of doing that, I am certain that you see a wide variety of counselees, some that may want to come, some that are push to come to counseling. How do you guys deal with the variety of the different types of counselees that you get in the office? Well, that really is a great question. Uh, Within our church, we have found biblical counseling to be one of the most helpful tools in ministering not only to our immediate church congregation, but also to our local community. And it gives us an opportunity, of course, to minister the gospel to the lives of many different kinds of people. And it does so by giving us a real entry gate uh, into their lives rather than uh, simply trying to share the gospel with someone, say a stranger or someone that we meet in our community. It gives us an, an inroad, a way to enter into their world and, and understand their need and then to bring them Christ and his answers, which is what we're focused on within our counseling ministry, in our church and in our community. You know, really a prime example I had today when I was on plane and I happened to be sitting next to a woman that as we were taking off, I noticed that she was gripping as tightly as she could the armrests of the chair and she had her head back and her eyes closed and she was really focused on trying to take some deep breaths. She was clearly very nervous and I was trying to find a good way to to talk with her and I, I asked her if she enjoyed flying and where she was from. She told me and said that she does not enjoy flying and that she was very scared. And that was kind of a new thing for her. She wasn't sure why she was so anxious. She hadn't been that way before. And so that's a great example of how biblical counseling gives us an opportunity to share the gospel. I ordinarily would try to find a way. I'm not always successful at it, but I would try to find a way to share the gospel with that person. That's not always an easy thing to do, especially on an airplane with someone that you don't know. But right there, her trouble with that anxiety on that flight gave us a prime opportunity to talk with her. So we do find a a diversity of people that biblical counseling has given us ways to connect with. You know, there are people who have no relationship with Christ in our community, of course, and biblical counseling has given us many, many opportunities to show the riches of the gospel on the backdrop of their lives using biblical counseling as a kind of evangelistic tool. We have met with people who have no healthy church, and it's a good opportunity to introduce them to a local church that desires to care for them in meaningful ways. People from healthy churches, but they don't have any biblical counseling available in their, in their churches. 
And then we, we have an opportunity to influence their pastors. And, you know, in the course of our church planting, as we were preparing and, of course, wanting to plant a church with a biblical counseling mindset and commitment, one of the things we, I continue to hear over and over again was this caution that you can't build a church on people who need counseling. And we've just found that to be completely untrue because we don't know any people who don't need counseling. Mm-hmm. And so biblical counseling has given us many different avenues to connect with people in our community that we otherwise uh, would have many challenges in reaching. Now, Rush, that's great. I, I'm so excited to even think about the, the possibilities of uh, utilizing counseling as, as one of your primary ways to think through the process of, of church planting. What a great way to reach out to your community and to offer biblical care uh, to people in your community. Counseling is always a lot of fun when you have people who, who want to come to counseling and uh, they see the issues that, that are at hand and um, they're hungry for the things of God and you're walking them through homework. They come back excited uh, that they've completed the homework. They're seeing God move in their life. Man, those moments are so much fun to be involved in, to see God working among a person. But we all know that that's not the reality every time. And so uh, we know that there are counselees who come to us who are quite reluctant to do so. What do you think are some of the big reasons why certain counselees might be reluctant to seek help uh, from a pastor or from a church or from a biblical counselor? Well, I think that's a challenging question because there are so many factors uh, that can be at play in someone's life that could provoke them to some kind of reluctance over finding help or even seeking out help to begin with. But I do think that at the center of that answer must be a clear understanding of what we, of course, call biblical anthropology, is understanding what people are as God has created them, as well as how the fall has influenced and changed to all of us. And so while many people have experiences or circumstances in their lives which make receiving counseling difficult, our Faithful biblical anthropology reminds us again and again that the ultimate source of that reluctance is in the heart. It's not outside of them and their circumstances or in their experiences, though those are important, but ultimately it's in their hearts. Some people are hindered by their desires, by the things that they want or the things that they don't want. Some people will say, I don't want to be viewed as one of the weak ones or I don't want my life to change, or I don't want God's help, or I want counseling that doesn't use the Bible. We've heard all of these answers given as to why someone is not very interested or is reluctant about biblical counseling. But reaching the reluctant will then require that we're prepared to wisely, winsomely, patiently interact with them on the level of belief and desire, to comfort and convince according to God's will. So this is one of the points in which biblical counseling, I think, is similar to apologetics, especially what is presuppositional apologetics. Because our reluctant counselees have ultimate commitments or presuppositions of beliefs and desires, we need to learn to lovingly minister the truth on this level No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you're describing people uh, that I've sat in front of, and I've heard all those questions that you mentioned and so many more from people who they want 
to see things happen differently in their life. Maybe they're just not willing to do some of the things they need to do, or they're tired and maybe they've been burned in the past by different counseling. And But we're all going to have opportunities to minister to someone who's reluctant to be there. Um, they're, they're not really wanting or desiring to be in that situation at that particular moment. So as we have opportunity to encourage reluctant counselees toward the benefits of, of a gospel-centered counseling, what do you think are some of the key principles that we should practice uh, and help them to think through? Well, that too is a very important question. And as I think about it, I come back again and again virtually in all of the counseling and discipleship that I have opportunity to be a part of to a plan for personal ministry. And it's a three-part plan that has been taught to me uh, many, many times. It's been useful in my own life as others have counseled me. And that three-part plan is simply this, that with every counselee, especially those who are reluctant to come to counseling or participate, we really want to be doing three things in this person's life. We want first to enter his or her world. We want to really get to know them and establish a real sense of presence in their lives and give them reasons to trust us and to welcome them into counseling. Counseling can be a very intimidating thought, but as we are um, faithful in our commitment to biblical counseling, that we are all sinners and sufferers in need of help together, we can enter into the world of others in a unique way, the way that Christ has entered our world. And second, I think that we need to be prepared through the Word of God to understand this other person's need. One of the great advantages that we have, one of the great provisions that we have that comes to us because of Christ is that we have His revealed Word that is sufficient for answering all of these questions and helping us really understand those that we want to care for. And then third, we need to bring this person Christ and his answers. And this is really at the center of all biblical counseling, of course, as we all know, is that we have such a wonderful opportunity not only to bring people truth, but to bring to them a living Savior. And this is the ultimate resource for every reluctant counselee. They need to know not only good reasons for biblical counseling or for giving themselves to a season of intensive discipleship, but they need to know Christ, who is alive. He is present and at work now. And we have such a privilege to bring Christ to them along with his answers. I love hearing plans like that. It really helps to, to separate and give me categories to think through as I think about counseling an individual. But let's say we're, we're putting that plan into practice. And at the beginning of our time together, you, you mentioned a lady that was you were sitting next to on the plane, and she was dealing with anxiety and fear of flying. Let's take the ideas from this plan, and, and how would you implement that in a situation uh, just like that one? Well, this is one of those situations where I so very much appreciate having some kind of biblical plan, like I just described, of enter, understand, bring, because I tend to really struggle in these spontaneous moments when I want to help someone, but I feel somewhat unprepared. I'm caught off guard by not knowing that I was going to sit with this person, not knowing what would be going on. But over and over again, this three-part plan comes to mind for me. Even as I was sitting on the plane, I began thinking first, how can I enter her world? And that was simply the point at which I turned to her and 
introduce myself, asked for her name. She was clearly anxious, as I said before, and so I was just looking for an opportunity to get to know her, to express some uh, real concern and love, to let her know that I was present here. I was calm and, and interested in talking with her. I was uh, willing to uh, continue a conversation, even in the midst of her anxiety, as opposed to finding out that she was nervous and then clamming up and being silent and leaving her sitting in her seat by herself. So I had an opportunity there to, to enter her world. And then as she began to open up and her fear began to decrease somewhat, I began thinking, how can I understand her need? I started thinking again about beliefs and desires and the different things that we know from God's word that are behind fear and worry, anxiety and panic. And I began trying to see her through the lens of scripture, asking God to give me everything that I need in order to think well about her and give her truth that was going to land, was going to make sense to her in that moment. And boy, that was a real challenge because of how anxious that she was. And then it was my desire to bring her Christ and his answers. And while there's much more that I would like to have said to this person, what I was able to do was share with her a little bit about the role of beliefs and desires and share some examples from my life of when I have been fearful or anxious and and how God's word helped me. But I was also able to encourage her with a few other resources that she could read. I recommended a few books. I recommended a booklet. I actually had a book in my bag that I gave to her, and uh, she was encouraged to read those. So I don't know if I will see her or hear from her again. She does live not too far from our church, so I hope that somehow God will connect our paths again. She has everything that she needs to contact us. Uh, but uh, that was a, a real example of, again, of my reason that I am grateful for having this three-part plan ready in my mind that I can follow even in that, in that difficult moment of ministering to someone in need spontaneously. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. You know, we have opportunity to answer questions here on the Truth and Love podcast, and nothing delights us more than to make sure that we're answering questions that are relevant to where many of our listeners are. Can I encourage you that if you have a question or would like to get a question answered on the Truth and Love podcast about some sort of counseling case or a biblical answer to a life situation that you're dealing with, or just some sort of question that you have about counseling in general, how do I deal with this issue from the scriptures? Can we make ourselves a resource to you? Would you ask that question to us? And you can send that question to info at biblicalcounseling.com. So for more information on the resources that you heard about on today's podcast, please visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.